Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Good morning. This is Getting Up with Gareth Hall on this Monday, the 27th of February. Good morning to you listening on your local SEN track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. It was a dream day as expected there on Saturday. We had Uncommon Jane's produce a wonderful victory for the Queenslanders. Great to see Benny Thompson taste success for the first time at the highest level. And well done to Stephen O'Day and Matty Hoisted, who are quickly develop, developing themselves into one of the best training combinations in the land. The Lindsay Park dynasty continue on, continued on with Little Bros winning the Blue Diamond Stakes for J.D. Hayes and Benny Hayes. And haven't those two young lads made quite the statement since taking over the reins at Lindsay Park? Alligator Blood proved that he is one of the best gallopers in the land with a devastating display in the Group 1 Futurity. But the best horse in the country, Animo, was out of this world to take out the Chipping Norton Stakes up there in Sydney. And Sunshine in Paris, or Sunshine Paris, was too good in a blanket finish in uh, the surround stakes for the Phillies. In harness racing, the Miracle Mile, that field has taken place. The barrier draw was announced last night. The big winner, well, it's an interesting one. I think that we can jump aboard a horse that's drawn a little bit white. And I'll talk about that a little later on. And well done to the Gill family who win another Australian Cup. So it's a big show to dissect a wonderful weekend of racing. Of course, Golden 60 was too good last night at Chartin in a terrific race with Romantic Warrior. And my man, D-Lane, well, he did it again on the world stage winning... Um, on Saudi Cup night there on Saturday night. But let's get stuck into the review because there is plenty to discuss on this Monday morning. On Giddy Up, the weekend review with Dean Watley, Julian Valance and Jack Dickens. I'm just glad my three counterparts here on the weekend review have turned up alive on this Monday morning. First of all, before we introduce the team, let's listen to, I couldn't, like, I woke up on Sunday a little bit um, <laughs> dusty, to say the least, and I'm just checking social media, and I came across this. I'm a cheatsy boy, just trying to make it, yeah. I'm a veggie boy, just trying to win us, yeah. Just trying to train when us, I'm a, a froggy boy. Oh, just so trying to whip it. I'm a baggy boy, just trying to make it, yeah. I'm a Keatsy boy, just vote for Keats. So I said to Dana, I don't know what Diego's done. Can you Google who the Island Boys are? And they have about $1.8 million fair um, followers on Instagram. And I thought, well, he's just completely nailed it again. Jack Dickens, good morning to you. Uh, believe it or not, that was the most uh, um, viral one of our attempts that going viral yeah. last week, the Island Boys. So, so full, full credit to the Island Boys. Did you write the lyrics? <laughs> yeah. I was worried they wouldn't understand the, the like they'd get the pronunciations wrong, but... Full credit to them again. They yeah, nailed it. They nailed it. Jules Valance, hello to you. How are you going, boys? Yeah, <laughs> no, that was that was my please explain. Yeah. But also full credit to the same thing. They've done an amazing job, yes. the boys, with the, the Keats uh, push to get into the All-Star Mile. And, and you've got to have a horse also that can back it up. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But yep. I thought he was he was really good on Saturday. So he'll, um, 
we'll reserve his place okay. in the All-Star Mile. Um, and I tell you what, if you don't get into the All-Star Mile, it's going to be like a devastation. That I thought it was announced. I tried to get Racing Victoria to do the phone call and yeah. to announce it to you this morning. Unfortunately, they're going to do that tomorrow night. So, it's, geez, it's a long way. Well, we'll get there later on. And Jules' opinion and Dean's will be just as relevant. I, I think he almost deserves it oh, okay. just on his performance on the track. But there is a plan C. It does involve a name. A man called Peter. Okay. And Dean Evans from the Barrier Attendant joins us. Dean Evans, I should say. Dean Watley. G'day, Dino. <laughs> I'm only staring at Dino. I just wanted to see your face. Dean Evans tipped the house down, mind you, and giddy up on Friday morning. But how are you going, Dino? Yeah, good, Gareth. Good, fellas. Dicko, Jules. It was an outstanding weekend. And yes, I'm sure we'll touch on it plenty for the show. But um, plenty of stories to come out and plenty to dissect. Now, let's get... Started with our categories. What did we learn from the weekend? I tell you what I learned that Animo is clearly the best horse in the country. Animo lets loose now and he lets go with a big sprint in the middle of the track and the super stallion Animo races to the lead and kicked away from the Wunga fangirl and then came Laws of Indices but here's group win, group one win, number eight for the great Animo, destroys them in the Chipping Norton. Uh, he's, a, he's a truly great horse, and uh, you'd have to uh, go back a long way before you can find a colt that's been able to be up every preparation of your winning group ones. Uh, he's now, uh, all the way from his two-year-old career, right the way through now, he's been up for group one contests every prep, and, uh, and that's a rare thing in a horse, let alone a stallion who, from his very first start, was up and about, and a big colt in the enclosure and immersing, you know, in a debutant and then immersing Cooper. So, and that's uh, that's a great credit to my team, but also for this horse's disposition and uh, and and as and as and as active a horse as he is, he's a, he's a classy animal and, a, and an unbelievable competitor. Conserves energy, like I keep saying, and like no no horse like I've ridden, but I, I I keep repeating myself because he's so good. But I think that was his best performance in terms of getting there so quickly, and then having an audacity just to put two lengths on a. So that was the best run that I've seen, Adamo before um i thought he was absolute absolutely sensational there in the chipping norton and there was like he usually only just wins and just gets there and gets the job done but on saturday he just proved he's almost uh, flary he's, like yeah, he settled a, a, pair of, a pair or two further back than normal like than we're used to and you thought i thought okay maybe today's a bit of a test <laughs> and like thrown it out you're like <laughs> oh my god like we are just completely blessed to watch this yeah. horse run around he's a freak you've stolen my under there, I was going to go with him. Like, yeah. it's just, it's the best thing of all time. Like, he, he, as a horse, was ultra competitive. He won a race before Christmas as a two-year-old. And now here he is at the absolute peak of his powers, hopefully going to the UK. He travelled like winks into that race there on Saturday, Jules. He was, I've always had him as, you know, a horse that, yeah, you say it right. He, he doesn't win by big margins. He never does this massive rating that you go, okay, this horse mm. is, you know, a horse that you stamp. Like, you know, when Zaki went up in Brisbane and did those big numbers and started a dollar twenty, dollar thirty, you just never thought Animo was going to do I felt on Saturday that was that. That was his performance that you go, that was outrageous. He made them look third, fourth rate. Um, and his SP shows, I mean, he's a dollar sixty. So now you think, okay, wherever he goes next start, I think that dollar sixty probably turns into a dollar forty-five, a dollar fifty, because now that's a big number, I reckon, that will sit out there and be probably his peak. It's also like Winks in that, in, in that, if he raced against those horses, it's just like a, if he turns up, he wins. Mm. So we yeah. kind of need Thunderstruck or Alligator Blood, Keats. 
to make it like an interesting race. Like, yeah. I need to change this, the environment so we can actually have a bet. 0499736736 to join the conversation. He goes to the Ramford now, Dean Watling. $1.80 is not a bad price for mine. No, I think he just gets better. Um, the, the more he steps up in trip, and I was vocal on social media suggesting that was the best bit I've seen of him. But I agree with Dicko. I think now we want a challenge or something that makes it a race, a betting race, and see him at his best. Because on the weekend, you sort of have fangirl hinge, but the rest were sort of um, trials leading to, to bigger um, targets in the future. But he's just a phenomenal horse. And I think James McDonald sums it up perfectly. The way he um, relaxes, doesn't do anything out of the box, and then he just produces on race day. Um, he's a phenomenal horse. And it'd be incredible to see if he comes back as a five-year-old. I don't know if there's a horse that's ever done a, a group one at two, three, four, and five. So um, that can create a narrative too. I don't know where you've been living, Dino, but he does retire after he heads to Royal Ascot, unfortunately. So you won't get your wish. You never know. You never know, G. Well, ching, ching. I think he's about worth about $80 million now. Around oh, that. Like, he, like he's got to be the most... Like fashionable stallion of all time. Like he he won a race before Christmas as a two year old, yep. and is now the best of the best. Many say that he's one of the most exciting stallions heading to stud that we've seen for quite some time. So let's just hope he gets to Royal Ascot. And I think there's still a chance that he doesn't go to the Queen Elizabeth because he goes to the Ramford, wins that, and then they might put him out for a little while and prepare him to to go to England. So if he goes that deep into say the start of April for the Queen Elizabeth. Um, that might not give them enough time to to get him ready for all that. Well, like you, the content you had before with maybe Vin Cox was the vibe was if he does what he did, Ascot, and if he if he just wins or if he loses, we'll just stick in Australia. That's yep. what I took from that, and, yep. and I think we're going. I think we're going to the UK. What did you learn from the weekend, Jules? Well, I learned that um, if we've got races at Lakeside, but then there's two races on the hillside. Look out for a cutaway rail. Oh. Because yes. um, it just sort of popped up out of nowhere and, and sort of we sort of pride ourselves on trying to educate the punters out there. But that was one that I missed. Oh, uh, I wouldn't be too hard on yourself, mate. What, what are, we, are you a psychic? Because I'm not. And no one else that I was talking to was. Like, here I am, sh- oh, nervous as hell. I was pacing. I was up and down. I had a big bet Pericles, but I'm about to have Keats run around. And then... All of a sudden, Pericles traveling deluxe. <laughs> what what is going on? There's a massive cutaway. Yeah. Like it was complete. Like this anxiety levels through the roof. I had absolutely no idea about the cutaway. Did you, Gareth? No, I didn't. No. Well, there um, you go. At least every horse got their opportunity, Dicko. Mm. <laughs> Dino, you were surprised too. I think of the cutaway on third on Saturday. Yeah, I was surprised about the whole sort of setup. I think there should have been a little bit more. In the media, uh, suggesting what yeah. the exact setup was going to be for punters out there. I know uh, plenty were still confused race day on Saturday. So thought the tracks played fine. But in saying that, we want all the information possible uh, leading to a massive Group 1 race day like that. What did you learn, Dicko? I learned that Animo is the, yeah. the greatest horse I've ever seen. Ever seen? Ever seen. Wow. That's stupid. I like, no, no, it's not. Like, no, you, it's not. What he, about Wings? Because he was a really, really, really good two-year-old. I know, but That's best... why I think he's the greatest horse I've seen. Seen, yeah. I don't understand that still. He, Even if, he, if I seen him a girl, as a If he was a gelding, he would race on for another four seasons Correct. and probably put together a Winx-like CV. So in because a cock... he's a stallion, he'll, he, we won't see it. What about if I was able to do something um, that no one's been able to do and um, get Winx back into training and... Um, just 
have a race between Animo and Winks, and who would you be backing in a Cox Plate? <laughs> well, I'd be getting, I'd be backing Animo because I'd be getting a big price. Okay, and that's why I love him too. He's always been a price. He was a price in the Caulfield Guineas. He was a big price when he was robbed of a Cox Plate. He was like twelve dollars that yeah. week. He started six dollars. I have more of a connection to him because he's always been able to be better upon. Whereas Winks was just like watching. Enjoy. So you, you, well, to be honest, it was always like lay and just. Yeah, oh, yeah you, you admire Animo because he's been able to do it um, as a two-year-old and now doing what he's yeah, doing as a four-year-old. And as a punter, I've been able to Correct. connect to him more. But he's so he's the greatest horse you've seen. But I don't think he's necessarily the fastest horse you've seen. Definitely not. No, my favourite horse ever. Yeah. So he's your favourite horse. He's not the greatest. Yeah, that, that's that's horse. a good he, way to put. He's it. my favourite horse yep. ever. All right then. Um, that was nearly my please explain. Hey, Ronnie's got. Something that's interesting. What I learned that on Thunderstruck just doesn't win enough to be considered a great horse. Um, he needs all the favours to go his way. He's an interesting um, horse to analyse. I'll get to your, what did you learn in just a moment, Dean Watling. But we had a chat to Michael Kent Jr. after the race, Jules. And um, he was thinking that he's a better chance at Mooney Valley when the tempo's on. There's a little bit more pressure um, in a race like the All-Star Mile. But I thought, geez, he was disappointing for mine on Saturday. He had like, every possible. Like to the eye and you look at it and then you cut it down and you go, well, he clearly needs pressure in races. He needs, he can absorb it and he can run possibly, you know, these 11 threes, 11 fours. Whereas horses like Alligator Blood, I think on Saturday runs a 10-8-2 last 200. Now, um, Thunderstruck can't do that and never will be able to do that. So, okay, in a big fast run race, Thunderstruck probably absorbs it a little bit better, but... I mean, I don't know. I can't see how Alligator Blood gets beaten by I'm Thunderstruck at Mooney Valley on the All-Star Mile unless it's a wet track because we know Alligator Blood's not as good on a wet track. But then again, a bit of Goldilocks about Thunderstruck, yep. isn't he? Needs a fast run race. Needs some cut in the ground to take dint out the sprints of the other horses. Um, Wasn't the betting, the market in yeah, this race was fascinating. Blood. Like This was the biggest steamer. I, yep. I, I could not get over it. The, yeah. the tote... He was four dollars in the three dollars fixed odds. He started two fifty across the board on the tote. That's the big, big, big boys. Correct. It was it was fascinating. Yeah, yeah. off one hundred and twelve days, and you thought maybe might need this run. Oh, I sort of thought he'd probably be half a run short, and then they'd really explode All Star Mile. But off their numbers, I mean, their numbers are clearly identifying that Thunderstruck is not Correct. in this kind of race. Sharp is not is not the horse. Are you half worried about this race? Uh, I, look, what the way I put it is, I don't know how they turn the tables on Alligator Blood, and I and I look at it and I go, I think the race is like Alligator Blood to run ten eight two is good going, like it's it's good gear. I, I tell how I tell you how they beat Alligator Blood, gentleman Roy Keats Tuvalu, um, they all look at, look at look him in the eye at some stage in a in an all star mile, and um, the pressure is a little bit. Um, there's a there's far more pressure mid race than there was on Saturday. There might be, but they're also is that is that denting their chances as well. I mean, they're looking running around for big prize money. Correct. So your gentleman Roy doesn't run out there and say, "Well, I'm going to absolutely beat up Alligator Blood because I know that that Terry gets beat possibly." Like it might not be running for his best. Yeah, race but I think either, he so. leads gentleman Roy. I think I, I was listening to Benny Hayes on Racing.com yesterday morning, and he said, "Well, Mr. Brightside, there will be a, it will be a truly run." All-star mile, because Gentleman Roy will make sure of that. I, so. I think Mr. Brightside, and maybe Dean can add to this, he, he's the horse that you can't knock. Like He was good first up. He was better than Thunderstruck. And he, like like um, Jules has said, like you can't run you can't run down a horse that's going to run that last section or two, that last 200-meter section all that fast. He's ticking over beautifully, yep. Mr. Brightside. Dean, 
Yeah, he's the one out of the two that's adaptable to the sort of setup there. Like, I think what we learned about the Thunderstruck on the weekend, he's just um, one-dimensional in the sense he needs tempo. Where Brightside can sprint off a slow tempo, they went about um, minus 4.3 lengths to the 800-meter um, mark there. So he's the adaptable one who can roll forward. If he wants to get put in races, he can. If he settles off, um, he's got that um, sort of adaptable profile where I'm thunderstruck now that the older he's getting, I think we're more, we're learning that he's just one dimensional. What about you, Dana? What did you learn over the weekend? Yeah, I thought it was a great story in the blue diamond, the Hayes boys combining. I ran the stats and the best um, stables in New South Wales and Victoria over the sort of the last 183 days, six months with two year olds. And surprisingly the Hayes boys, they've come out on top in strike rate since they're nine from 28 striking at 32.14%. And, they echoed it that they've changed the way they've trained their two-year-olds and their father, obviously, he was a prolific trainer of the, the Blue Diamond. So I think it's just what we learn is the Hayes boys, two-year-olds from now on, the setup that they have and the horses that they get, they're a stable we can trust betting sense. Um, and yeah, full credit at the same time to them winning the Blue Diamond. 100%. I'm going to touch on this a little bit later on on the means test with Wayne Hawks and Johnny O'Neill, but those boys are under all sorts of pressure when David Hayes like yeah, packed up and, and left to go to At Hong Kong. At the same Kong. time, though, Crimea River, like, I'm, like, if someone wants to give me that sort of operation, I'll take that pressure 100%, board, but, but they lost big but time But they were owners. under pressure. Yeah, they lost owners and... Many thought that it wasn't fair what David did. In fact, I think if David had his time again, he wouldn't have done what he did. But because well, of maybe COVID. That, maybe on Saturday morning. Yep. And now he'd be going, no, I did the right thing. 100%. So well done. Full credit to those lads. We'll get to our full Let credits in just a moment. Off. It's 20 minutes past eight. This is the racing review on Giddy Up on this Monday morning. We'll take a break. And on the other side of it will be our Please Explains.